0: Wow. (laughs) Really don't know how to top that. So with that, we will pray. (laughs) Oh, it's good. It's just good to be in the house of the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. Lord, this Father's Day, we remember not only all those great men that are around us, but we remember You, the one whom all life comes from. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you've done in this place. We thank you that you're continuing to work in our lives, in our hearts, and in our minds. And Lord, over these next just few minutes, Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes to see you in greater measure that you would open our ears to continue to hear what your spirit is saying to us as individuals, as your church, as your people. You would open up our hearts to receive revelation, Lord God, and you would cause us to be the family that you've created us to be. Lord, give us your heart today. Give us your heart and your mind, Lord, so that we would not move from this house in our own strength, but according to your spirit, according to your will. We thank you for it today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want to share a few quick thoughts this morning because, honestly, I'm embarking on what I believe will be a series. We're going to have some different speakers over the next couple of weeks uh, sharing some, some different things. But you know what? There's something deep, I believe, on the heart of God that we really need to grab a hold of, and it's not going to take one Sunday. It's not going to take a few minutes to, to understand. It's something that really needs to be birthed and developed within us, and that is the idea that we are a family. We are a family. We're the family of God. One of our core values as fire church is that we are family-oriented, family-oriented. The statement is written, we value people and God's design for family as a primary blueprint of the church in order to function and express his love to all. It's God's design. He designed family. We didn't come up with it. We didn't come together and say, oh, this is something good to define. We'll call it family. God defined family. And he's continuing to put his people inside of family We were created for and are refined in biblical community, actualizing Christ's intended family union and fellowship through an atmosphere of mutual loving, honor, cultivates an environment where people become whole in him, are activated in purpose, and equipped for service. We welcome all people to join God's family regardless of outward appearance or status and embrace each individual as uniquely loved, pursued, and gifted by God. God places the lonely in families, including every orphan, every widow, and every lost soul. Amen? We are family-oriented, and like I said, it's going to take a while to really, really open this up, but I want us to capture the understanding of what it is to be a good, healthy nuclear family, what it is to have a good relationship with those around you, but also the extended family, the the culture that surrounds you, and most importantly, the spiritual family that God has placed us in, that he has called us to his family. If you were to look up in, uh, I believe, Webster's Dictionary, you would see some very generic definitions of what a family would be. One of the first ones that would come up would describe it as this, that family is a group of persons united by the ties of marriage, blood, or adoption, enabling interaction between members of the household in their respective social roles. But God has ordained the family as the foundational institution of human society. Family, it's not just any other word lost in the, pl- the pages of a vast dictionary Family is also, I believe, an emotion. You wouldn't see that listed in the dictionary, but I believe family is an emotion. When I say the word family to you this morning, emotion arises. There's a response that comes when I say family. Some good, some bad, some in between. Some, some, sometimes it creates a longing when I say family. Family. You know, I wish I had a better family. I wish I had a father that loved me. I wish I had a mother that was there who cared, who's praying for me. Or I wish that I had children. I, I, I wish I wasn't feeling so alone. And God has purposed in the heart of every single man, every single woman, every single child, the desire to be within family. And it's okay. It's okay to want to be loved. The force of family, the foundation of family is love. There's no other foundation for family besides love. And because God is love, he is the originator of family. He so loved the world that he gave his only son, That we shouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. Not just life here on earth. Not just life during 70, 80, 100, 120 years on this earth. No, he created us so that we would be his family. We would be representation just like his son. He sent his son so that we could become like him and be part of a brotherhood, a a family that was representing Christ to the world, but then also being just like him for all of eternity. We're a family for God. We're a family with God. Everyone, even the most solitary soul, needs someone they can call family because family is the one humane aspect that makes a house a home. And that's why we must know the true meaning of family. In fact, a family can mean anyone who gives you that comforting feeling of familiarity. It could mean those that surround you. You know, maybe we've tossed this word around too, too flippantly in times past. You say, "Hey, you know what? We're we're family. We get to work and we have some some buddies on the job or some some ladies that that we get along with, and we say, hey, you know what? We're like a family.' Yeah, you might you might be, and that is a good thing. I would I would I would encourage you to be more like family than acquaintances with those that you're around because literally we're created for that. Maybe you've been in the military. Maybe you've been in some situations where you understood you had to be family. You had to be those that had each other's back. Why? It wasn't just a a good idea. It was life or death. It was life or death. Maybe you've been on a sports team and you you were in a place where you were fighting for a championship or you were fighting for something The best teams are not those that can just play well together. It's those that really care about one another, know what each other's strengths are, what each other's weaknesses are, and can help each other on that field and recognize, you know what, the winning team isn't the one that just says, hey, play whatever position you want. You're all going to get a trophy in the end. It's going to be okay. No, the best teams are the ones that have the right people in the right position. You have the right person if you're playing baseball at first base and the right person pitching, a person that can actually throw the ball over the plate, not being someone in the head. You've you've got a football team where the, the, the three foot high guy is not the one on the line trying to protect the quarterback. You've got the swimmer with the one that can hold their breath underwater. You know, you have the people that play to their strengths, but the best teams aren't just teams, they're families. I love the phrase, teamwork makes the dream work. Maybe you've heard that or or expressed that. But can I tell you, when family comes together, it's something that's truly beautiful. And I want us to be reminded today, you know, today is Father's Day, yeah, and I commend all the fathers that are here, but often, oftentimes when we come to Father's Day, it's like a day that we, Mother's Day, we, we say, moms, you are amazing. We wouldn't be able to do anything without you. And I feel like sometimes we get to Father's Day and it's like, all right, man up, man. You've made some mistakes. It's time to, to pick it up, pull up the, the straps on your boots, tighten your belt and let's get with it. You know, I'm, I'm here to say that I look around this room and I see some men of God. And yeah, maybe we made some mistakes, sure. So have you women, so have you ladies. (laughs) That's not to get down on anybody. That's to say, hey, I believe that I look around and I see men that are good men of God. I see some fathers in this place, whether you have children or no children. You we've got mentors in this place, we've got men that have integrity. We've got men that pray. We've got men that know how to worship. We've got men that see a generation in a society that wants to see everything be for themselves and to destroy family. And we've got men in this room that are willing to stand against that tide, that are willing to stand in the face of adversity and stand up for what's right, to take on the authority that Christ has extended to the household of faith. Men of God, you are fathers for a reason. You have God the Father behind you. When Jesus came on the scene before he did anything, what happened? His Father in heaven spoke of him. He said, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Can I tell you fathers, God the Father looks down at you as well before you did anything, before you did anything to earn his love, because really you can't do anything to earn his love, his respect, his accolades, his attaboys. I don't care what this society, this life has told you you have to do in order to earn some type of affirmation. God looks at you exactly where you are, where you've been, the history of all of it. And he says, you are my son in whom I am well pleased because he knows the power of those words. He knows the power of that affirmation. When I say this to fathers, I'm saying this to you ladies as well. God does the same thing. He says, this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. You are part of my family. If you give your life to me, you recognize my son as the Savior, then guess what? When you get baptized in that same death, when you put your life down and you come in that resurrection power, you are coming into a new identity in my family and because of that, you are well-pleasing to me. You don't have to do all of it. You don't have to win 10,000 souls. You don't have to heal every single blind person. You don't have to see people come up out of wheelchairs in order to to receive my affirmation today. You are well-pleasing in the moment you come to me. I formed you before you were in your mother's womb, the Lord says. I thought about you I didn't just come up with you out of the air, snap my fingers and make you come into existence, even though I could have done that. The Lord would say, I thought about you. I thought about every waking moment you would have. And I had a destiny, a plan for each one. God is the God of family. He knows how to extend family. He, has, he knows how to multiply family. He knows what it takes to create life and keep life going. Sometimes men, we like to say, you know what? While mom's away, when they come back, we said, I kept them alive. <laughs> we did our job. But can I tell you, you know what? There's something more inside of us. There's something more inside of us. God creates us for family, it gives us the sense of belonging and love that we all crave. But family isn't always limited to just your parents, your grandparents, your siblings. Your family can be your closest friends, your teachers, your mentors, your chosen family, those that you run around, those that run with you. The true definition of family lies not in blood relations, but is measured in the amount of love and respect that people hold for each other. A family has an unbreakable bond that can be challenged but never severed. No matter how bad the times are, your true family will be within Amir's arm's reach. They'll stand ready to help fight your battles and guide you on a long path of life. After all, a family is what helps a person make their life worth living and should value the true meaning of family. Can I tell you this morning, the purpose of me mentioning family is largely in part to this statement that I'm about to make. The enemy is not afraid of people who simply attend church services. He's afraid of people who realize the authentic spiritual family of God and come alive in Christ. When we come together as the family of God, you know, we were able to share some time just relating one to another. Didn't that, didn't that feel good? It's okay to feel good. It's necessary, especially after the year that we've been through, or two years, or however many years. Some of you, you know, COVID wasn't the worst thing in your life. (laughs) But regardless, we are created for fellowship. There's an interchange that needs to happen, even in natural speaking. But I believe that even in that natural speaking, God does something for natural That what starts in the natural ends up becoming supernatural because you begin to relate and begin to allow some walls to come down. And ultimately, it begins to have a foundation uh, of, of love that is there. But then you build with building blocks of trust. Every family is built on trust. There's no love in a marriage without trust there's no building within within children and with other relationships if there's no trust the moment trust is broken nothing else gets built it's a moment the moment trust gets broken is that moment when you're in a remodeling phase or a or a demo phase or a reconstructive phase but when trust is there you are continuing to build you're continuing to expand trust is the fabric on which we are able to build the family of God, the quilt of God. True spiritual family is created when there is radical abandonment for, obedience to, and intimacy with Jesus Christ. I'll say that again if you were taking notes. I know I don't have it up on the screen for you, but true spiritual family is created when there is radical abandonment for, there is obedience to, and intimacy with Jesus Christ because the more we get in the presence of Jesus the more we'll be able to be that proper spiritual family I know I'm laying a framework here and we're gonna be able to expand on this a whole lot because when we get this revelation of what a spiritual family is there's no weapon in hell that can come against us when we operate as the spiritual family of God and multiply the spiritual family of God there's wholeness everywhere we go. There's healing everywhere we go. There's dynamics that can only happen within a spiritual family where there's safety, where there is refuge, where there's a place where people won't be judged or won't be condemned, but they come into a place where they are broken and they are healed, where they come for a drink and you, you roll out the red carpet and you say, come on in, I've got ice. When they come in and they're hungry, you say, you know what? I wasn't expecting you, but nonetheless, my table is your table. Come and eat. In fact, take over my portion. In fact, come and receive the seat at the head of the table. I don't care what you look like, what you have to bring, or what you don't have to bring. The same way God loves me, I say to you, you are well-pleasing in my sight. Family creates position. It creates an identity for us. Within every family, there's a position. There's natural positions we th- see within the nuclear family of a father, of a mother, of a child, of a, the firstborn, of the middle child. And we create all these psychological, you know, different things that there's a lot of truth in, I'll be honest. But, you know, sometimes we get labels and we become those labels. Uh, uh, can, I, can I say to you, it's okay to, to be labeled if that label on you says Christ. If it's anything else, if it's anything else, I want you to throw away the label machine. Lose it. In Christ, that's all you need. In Christ, that's all you need. Family creates a position, it get, creates an identity, but then it also creates a purpose, which is relationship, relationship with Christ relationship with those that are the body of Christ it creates mission within that family that purpose is the mission of what you are supposed to do good working families are those that that help one another when you go into a home and one person's doing all the work that is a place filled with anxiety that is a place filled with fear that is a place filled with rejection that is a place filled with uncertainty but when you get into a place where there is discipline and loving service to one another, there's a, there's a wholeness that begins to take place. There's a peace that scatters throughout your living room and throughout your, your bedrooms. There's, there's no nightmares in your rooms because everybody is doing their part and in it together. The same way when we come into this house... There shouldn't be backbiting, there shouldn't be complaining, there shouldn't be separation of, man, I don't like what she wore today, what she did, I didn't like the way he gave that prophetic word, I didn't like the way they sang or played the drums, I didn't like that way that they sat down during worship, even though they entered in more than you did, hey, are you hearing me? All the differences go aside, and we recognize that every single one in this place is important, It's going to take a lot longer than 20 minutes or this service to be able to let me identify each and every one of us and allow us to see the value that is here, the rubies that are here, the emeralds, the diamonds, the gold that is here that is just waiting to be breathed on by the breath of God and come alive. We're not here to stare at the back of heads this morning. We're here to be the family of God and affect change in the earth. That when you leave this place, your family continues. You don't say, you know what, I came together and my family, I had family on Sunday. I had family on Sunday, but the rest of the week I don't have family. Does that make sense? You don't say, you know what, look at this great building. That's, they, they, they painted the walls, it looks awesome. Isn't my family beautiful? No. Family is people. Family are hearts. Family is us living every single day throughout the week, being able to encourage one another, lift each other up, and experience the glory of God in every single waking moment. If today is the day of salvation and we only get together on Sunday, then my goodness, what is happening the rest of the week? If we are family every day of the week, then God can begin to save every other day of the week. He can begin to heal every other day of the week. As we come together and we face life's challenges, we can be there to pray for one another, to disciple one another, to get into his word and begin to know who he is, what he says about us, and what he says about our neighbors. He gives us the ability to fight. He gives us the ability to come to freedom, to purpose. Mission, destiny, there's purpose within family. And finally, there's power within family. There is power within family. I'll tell you, when you come against, we're in the South, so it's okay, I can say this. You come on somebody's property trespassing, wanting to do some harm on property, steal some stuff, you better believe you're going to be confronted with something. It may be some type of it may be something that has smoke coming out of a barrel if you're not too careful. Are you hearing me? I'm not advocating, you know, taking lives and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying, you better believe that when you come against a family, if you have ill intent, you're going to be protected by that family. There's power within a family union that takes care of its own. I was driving down, I, I'm not going to speak long, I promise. I think it's okay, it's family anyway, right? Family time. Those that wanted to vacation are vacationing anyway. No, I'm just kidding. I love you guys, I love you! (laughs) No, they need that family time, you understand. Oh, Jesus help me, that was my flesh. (laughs) I was driving, I went to a baseball game with my kids last night, Jen was working, but I took the kids to a baseball game and we were coming back and there was a terrible accident on the highway. And I pray to God that, you know, the, the people that were in it, there was a truck that hit one of those uh, overpasses on uh, 8577, went head first in, it was, it was in flames. There were people laying on the ground and I'm not sure how, how, how they were. My heart, if I was by myself and I was the first person on the scene, I would have pulled over and tried to help. But because I had my kids in the car, that wasn't on my mindset at the moment. You know what was on my mindset? I got to protect my kids. I got to get away from this fire and get as far away from it as possible so this thing doesn't blow up and hurt my kids. It wasn't until later that I was really thinking about the people that were involved in that wreck. Why? Because my position in that moment as father, as protector, kicked in. And the power of protection that comes when you're in a family, it's different for every single thing. But can I tell you, my place was important to be involved in that. I couldn't be the first responder. I couldn't be the one that saved those lives, even though I would love to. Sometimes we all want to be those that save those out of the flames. But you know what? You've got a family of your own that you need to protect. I'm not saying be selfish. I'm saying know your role today know your role so that the power of god can flow through you and the protection and the life of god can be in your house i'm telling you fathers i'm telling you spiritual prayer warriors in this house know that what you carry is impeccably or uh, is intrinsically important to the life of this family of this church of this 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 expression of the kingdom when we go into places of prayer Men of God, when you declare things over your household, when we go into places of prayer before a service, when we're praying in those modular units throughout the week, when we're coming together as a family, when we're fasting and praying, that's when we're doing some things that protect this family. When you hear somebody saying something wrong against somebody within this family, you don't just shut up and agree. Are you hearing me? We've seen it all throughout culture today. Silence is agreement in a lot of places. I'm not saying there aren't times when the Lord tells us to to hush. He does. You have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But more often than not, you understand what I'm saying. When somebody's attacking, there's times when the Lord says, you know what, you can say what you want, but I know that that is not true, and we're not going to entertain this thought right now. When you get into that place over coffee, over dinner, over whatever, grocery lines, and you hear somebody saying something about your sister, your brother, your mother, your father. I hear somebody talking about Dr. Peters. I hear somebody talking about Adam. I'm saying I am, I'm just giving examples. (laughs) You better believe I'm going to bat for them. I'm going to bat for you if you're my children, I'm going to bat for you. If, if, if I'm a part of your family, we're going to bat for each other. There's power. There's protection within family. There's power when there's unity within a house. There's power when we come together and we say, you know what, this is the mission of what we need to accomplish. A lot can get done when we do that. When we come together in prayer. When we come together and kneel around a table and and we say, you know what, this is what we're up against. You know what, fathers? You know what, mothers? It's okay to let your kids in on some situations. You think that they're too young or they're too immature to handle some things. You know what? I got news for you. Oftentimes they already know and they can sense it and I believe that they can add value to those prayers if you were to just let them know. I I don't mean you have to let them know every single detail. But I'm saying, if you say that there's a difficult situation mommy and daddy are dealing with, we need to pray. They're going to pray with you. You bring it in together, and then they'll begin to understand. And, and when you are a little bit angry or frustrated or flustered early in the day, they understand that there's a spiritual battle going on. I need to pray for mom. I need to pray for dad. They're not just upset with me. They're upset at this situation. And they're taking things out at me. You understand there's wisdom that can come to children. Sometimes it comes years later, sometimes it's in the moment. I'm telling you, let's walk as though that our children have the value of the breath of God in their lungs, the mind of Christ inside of them, so that when they go on the scene, they go with the power of God. They go with the power of the family of God, with angels at their back. Are you understanding? Family is, in, is so important. Families reproduce. Families reproduce. Healthy families reproduce. There's also lustful families that reproduce, I understand. But God's design for family is to reproduce. To reproduce not just same kind, excuse me, but a dynamic that begins to grow and begins to duplicate the wisdom, and the health of what God has imparted. Can I say this statement? Families thrive in love but are destroyed by lust. Families thrive in love but are destroyed by lust. You can take this many ways. Of course, probably one of the first things that comes to mind is, yeah, you know, you get into the the, the married couple, the husband and the wife, and you say if there's lust involved, you know, it won't last. But if there's love, there's things that will be cultivated and things that will be nurtured. If there's those that just came into a marriage and were in lust, and then they begin to lust after others outside of the marriage, there's destruction that comes. But can I tell you, lust is not just something dealing with sexuality this morning. Lust is something for anything with our eyes. When we have a lust that falls into greed, you know, a lust for the things of life, a lust for for popularity, a lust for for the things and, and all these things that we could add to our life, a bigger house, a better car, a boat or whatever, all these things that are not bad in and of themselves. When we begin to lust after other things, when we begin to lust after. Or other type of emotional response when we begin to lust after different things that this world has to offer but should be found within a loving relationship there's destruction at bay we need families that are families of love rooted and grounded in love hallelujah 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 Man, I could go so far this morning. Families are built on trust. We already mentioned that. I just want to read this one passage of Scripture, and this is all we're going to be able to get to today. But we're going to spend just a moment here. I know you can do it. You can handle it. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3. How many of you love the book of Ephesians? (laughs) If you don't, you haven't read it. I encourage you get into the book of Ephesians, chew on it, meditate on it, get into it until there's one verse that strikes your heart and begin to chew on it all week. I'm not saying be extreme theologians this morning. I'm saying get into the word of God and allow that word of God to begin to bear fruit inside of your heart, inside of your mind until it becomes second nature, until it becomes a part of you because Paul is laying out the foundation of the church and God's God's purpose, for life, God's purpose for the church, God's purpose for loving us and sending us on, all of it. There's so many family dynamics within the book of Ephesians that will set you free. We need to get into this. In verse 8, it says, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, Paul speaking, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, the fellowship of the mystery. I read that and the Lord pricked my heart. I'll continue reading in just a moment, but I leave, I believe coming into the fellowship of the mystery is not only coming into the understanding of what God did to cause Jew and Gentile to be able to come into the household of faith, but there was a fellowship for the people, the saints of God, that when we come together, the mystery is revealed in such a more powerful way. It shows us the glory of God. Let's continue reading. I'll expound on that. And, and make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which comes from the beginning of ages, has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access, hallelujah, with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. A few more verses here. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom who? The whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, in us, the family who is named in heaven and under heaven. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, forever and ever. Five quick points, and we'll close this out. I promise, five words, words, (laughs) T-words, T-words. Okay, you guys know. I'm out. (laughs) Families are built on trust. Isn't that funny? That's the first part. (laughs) It says in verse 12 that in Christ we have boldness and access into the eternal plan. We have boldness and access into an eternal plan. Let me read it. It says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Because we have access, we're able to come with boldness. We're able to come with confidence. Why? Because we have someone worthy of trust. We have someone who's trustworthy. We have someone who's trusting in us as well. Do you believe that? Father, God trusts us with something. You may not feel qualified, but that's okay. The one who is trustworthy trusts us this morning, and he gives us free access to come in boldly and with confidence, Not not with fear in the sense of being afraid, but in reverence, coming with boldness, knowing that we are pleasing before his sight. We have access. We're in the family of God. When I come into my house, when I go home, to my father's house, my natural father's house, I don't have to knock on the door. I can if I want to, but I can just walk right in. I can go to the refrigerator and take whatever I want. Doesn't matter how many years or how many whatever goes by. If I were to come home, there's a place for me in that house. We have bold access and confidence coming home into the family and the kingdom of God. We need to come in. We need to play, pray for needs to be healed. Guess what? You've got boldness. You've got access. This isn't hard. This isn't rocket science. God's presence is here. He says, you are healed. By my son's stripes, you are healed. You are set free. You've got depression. You've got anxiety. Come on. Let's sit on the couch. Let's talk through this. Let's get it out right now. Because in my house, there's freedom. In my presence, there's fullness of joy. There's pleasures forevermore. That's my father's house. They're singing, they're shouting, there's dancing in my father's house. In my father's house, there's a table set before me. Even in the midst of enemies, there's a table set before me. In my father's house, there's everything that I need. <laughs> the family of God, it's built on trust, it's strengthened over time. That second T word, it's strengthened over time. In verse 9, It said, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. Not only was this family on a timeline established before the beginning the beginning of ages, it continues to be strengthened over time today. It ends, ends with that prayer saying that in all generations, forever and ever and ever, God's working. He is working in and through family. His plan is strengthened over time. Love is strengthened over time. There's things that are developed in maturity over time. Some things just don't happen overnight. They just don't, friends. But time is a huge part of family. You want to develop a better relationship with your kids, you better believe you have to spend time with them. You want to have a better relationship with your spouse, you have to spend time with them. You want to see the glory of God increase in your home, you better spend time with the Lord. Time, time, time. The third T is trials, forged in the midst of trials. In verse 12 through 13, Paul says, In whom we have bold access through faith, all this different stuff. Then he says, Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. He's basically saying, alluding to, and I know there's many other verses that we could talk about going through trials and having joy in the midst of trials and suffering and all these kinds of things but he just glosses over it so quickly because he has this revelation already. Don't look at my tribulations as anything to be, get get upset at. My tribulations are for your glory. It's for his glory. It's for the Christ's glory. If it's for his glory, then it's for good. That when you go through trials, you know that something's being built up, something's being strengthened, something's being established, something's being tested, your faith is formed. All things are beautiful. Family, gets to be able to be forged in the midst of trials. When you go through difficulty, it doesn't matter if you thought you had to have everything for your children. When you are there for each other, if you have nothing but you come through it on the other side, they are thankful for those moments. How many of you can say, that's my testimony? I've been there. I've been in that place. I couldn't rub two pennies together. I couldn't put food on the table. But our family got through it together. They got through those trials together. When the the world was against us and there was betrayal around us, we stood together and we came out better on the other side. That's the testimony of true family. That's the testimony of the family of God. The world comes against. Egypt comes against. Babylon comes against the church of God. The enemy comes in like a flood, but the Lord raises a standard. And we come out better through the trials, refined and forged through the midst of trials. Fourth one, operate, we operate best when we are together. I think I've established that. It says in verse 18, that with all the saints may be able to comprehend with all the saints, what is the with? And the length and the depth and the height. I believe that's not in there just to say you know what everybody needs to know this. I believe that's actually in there because everybody needs to be there for everybody to understand this. Does that make sense? When you are together then you will see the length and the width and the breadth and the, 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 the love of Christ is so far beyond what we've experienced in our own lives. It's when we hear the testimonies like we started to hear last week we get to understand that the power of God, the love of God that flows through different ones in different ways, it raises our faith and shows us the beauty of his love. It shows us when we come together and we sit around a table, when we share a meal together when we have communion, and the Lord is there in the midst of us, we see the love of God come. We see his heart established. Final thing, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come and help me close. We were created as a family, but we were families are created and fashioned for triumph, created and fashioned for triumph. You could say victory, but I'm trying to use five T's. So we're saying triumph this morning. I'm just messing with you. What are those five T's? We, families are built on trust. Families are strengthened over time. Families are forged in the midst of trials. Families operate best when everyone is together. If everyone could just be home, if everyone could just be together, mamas, you understand what I'm talking about. If everyone's home, then I'll be at peace. Families are created and fashioned for triumph. It says in that last verse, Last two verses, let's read it one more time. And would you stand with me? Now to him who is able, he is able. To him who is able, not to us who who are able, but to him who is able, Christ Jesus. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. He already gave His Spirit. He already gave the power for us to be the family of God, the children of God, the well-pleasing sons and daughters of His family. He gave His inheritance to us, that promise of the Spirit working in us, the Spirit of Christ working in us according to these things because of Him. It says, according to the power that works in us, to Him, to Christ, be the glory in the church in the family, in the household of God, in the building blocks of the family of God. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. If I read it this way, if it's to all generations forever and ever, you know what that implies? We don't lose. That implies he wins. If it's for every generation forever and ever, that means that there's never a generation that can be overcome. There's never a generation that can lose by the power that works in us. To him who is able, be the exceedingly abundantly, that the glorious riches of Christ be established in our hearts through faith. Do you sense that belief rising in your heart today? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you this morning, today, on a day where we celebrate the fatherhood that you have established, the family of God. Lord, we are amazed by you. Lord, I thank you that you are building us up, not only as an acute expression of the church on Highway 29 that says one of our core values is family-oriented, Lord, you're establishing us as your family. Lord, and I thank you that every single person within the sound of my voice today comes deeper into the riches of who you are and who you've called us and created us to be. Lord, I thank you that we sense the call. We experienced the encouragement to continue to love deeply, to be able to speak into one another and come into the place and the position that you have called us to operate in, God. Faith with boldness, with courage, with confidence knowing that we can access that throne of grace without condemnation because we are new creations. We were created for you, God. So I thank you that today we leave this place not only feeling encouraged, but we leave this place stirred in our spirit according to the power that works in us, God. Would you allow us to be better family? Would you allow us to be building our trust in you and in each other and for each other, becoming those that ourselves are trustworthy, that we take on the image of your son, Jesus, and we reflect you to those around us. Lord, that in that way, in being a truly loving family the world would know that you are god that they would see and know and even israel would be provoked to jealousy because of the love that we have operating in our lives the freedom that we experience the identity that we have without question lord i thank you you're removing questions from this family lord you're removing confusion from this household of faith you're removing blinders and deafness So that we can come and function without lack in any single area. God, I thank you in our physical, natural homes, you are providing the abundance that is required to accomplish your kingdom work. I thank you that in the spirit you are building us up, Lord, by your spirit in wisdom, in grace, in knowledge, not that puffs up, but the lead to exaltation of Christ Jesus. Lord, you're taking our mouths and allowing them to be used as swords in a generation to come as your word said in the beginning of today that we are priests underneath a king that is righteous and we declare righteousness unto a generation that those that seek water, those that seek shelter and shade can come out of the storm and find rest for their souls. God, build us up as family. Give us this revelation and let it expand. We thank you for it today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for choosing us and loving us even when we're unlovable. God, we thank you for that grace. Lord, wash us today and set us free in deeper measure. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask the worship team to just close this out with a song. I know you probably got plans today. So we bless you to be with your natural families. Love on each other. Call your dads. Call your family. If you don't have a dad, call on somebody that means somebody in your life. Call your moms. You know what? There's some moms that need some love on a day like today. Let's love on everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, I'm going to call our prayer team to just come. You can have prayer for anything if it hasn't already been addressed today. But we bless you in the name of the the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.